Hello, this is Elodie, and welcome back to a new episode on the Life with Love podcast. I'm very happy and excited for today's episode because as promised, I have a special guest who will be joining me, my first guest on the podcast. This means a lot to me, more so because I wanted her specifically to be my first guest here. But before I introduce my guest, let me tell you what today's topic is. Adult friendships. Making friends as an adult is hard. People are busy, life is complicated. We have so much going on. People who rely on us, projects, routines, habits. So where do new adult friends fit in all of this? For my part, I've always had a lot of friends growing up, my childhood friends, and I feel so blessed because I still have a lot of them present in my life. It's hard because of the distance since I moved to France 12 years ago, but we always make sure to keep in touch online and update each other with our life events. But as an adult, I think I've only managed to make about five new friends. And only two of these friends are really close friends. And only one would be the closest I could even call a best friend, which is a term I personally haven't used in a long, long, long time. And so perhaps you've probably guessed it. I've asked her to be my guest today. I thought it would be fitting to ask my friend Lori to be here and talk about adult friendships with me today because our friendship is the most beautiful relationship I've managed to make as an adult. But it wasn't as easy as you might think. It took time to build. In fact, it took us about 10 years to get where we are today. We started as colleagues and we kept the distance for a while, mostly talking about work. We didn't see each other every day, but each time we talked, we also started opening up a little bit more to one another. But still, we talked mostly about work. But even if our topics of conversation were about work, it also gave a window of who the person behind was how they managed stress, how they worked under pressure, how they handled work experiences, good and bad. So while staying professional, we could still see a glimpse of one another as a person. Years later, we were assigned a project and we had to take the train together. And at that moment, because there was a certain comfort that had settled in, we started opening up about things outside of work, finally. Little steps at a time. But ultimately, what cemented our friendship was the pandemic. We went deeper into our feelings, anxiety, hardships, not having any idea of what was going on. The only good thing that came out from the pandemic for me is our friendship. We came out of that even closer. And at this point, I know this is a friendship for keeps. There's so much we still have to discover about each other. But what we've shared and what our families have shared is something that I know for my part can't be broken. And there's so much respect between us. So without further ado, let me welcome my friend, Lori, who is very excited to be here today and discuss adult friendships with me. Hey, Lori. Hey. First, I just want to say, Paul, I love you. I love you too. Oh, the good old train days. Uh, did I ever tell you how nervous I would be before those trips? No. Why? 
Uh, I guess it's the social anxiety. Um, not sure what we would chat about, but it came to be something I really look forward to um, during that project. Uh, the conversations just flowed so easily. And I guess the more we spoke, we realized, or at least I did, that we were experiencing a lot of the same challenges and our lives almost mirrored each other, except that we're completely different people from different backgrounds, uh, culturally, social, economically. Um, yeah. I think that was perhaps our the turning point of our friendship because we started talking about things outside of work. We're, we started opening up to each other about our own, you know, our own experiences, I think. That's true. And um, despite uh, having such different experiences, we still were facing very similar challenges in our professions, our relationships. Um, and I guess we were both just starting perhaps at that point um, to do some really important inner work yeah yeah exactly yeah but so you mentioned social anxiety so let me ask you the first question what do you think of the anxiety around making new friends that's a really important question mental health and friendships uh is something that is taken for granted i think today we hear so many more people talking about having anxiety uh, or anxiety and depression and different things like that. And we ask ourselves, is it just that we're talking about it more today or is it more prevalent? And I think that certain friendships can be detrimental and some can be good. Uh, if you suffer from anxiety though, with making new friends, it's important to actually challenge uh, the anxiety around that. Asking yourself, what is it that makes you anxious about making new friends or reaching out? It can be for some people a fear of rejection, abandonment or judgment. At the, uh, at the end of the day though, I believe it's about understanding your own value and knowing yeah. if you show up in any situation as your authentic self, Anyone that doesn't receive you in that has given you the answer to whether they should be in your life or not. Yeah, yeah. And I think also perhaps if had to compare between making friends as childhood friendship and adults French, adult friendship, I feel like as an adult, we have so much baggage that we carry, like so much of these wounds and um, scars. And I think that we just don't want to get burned again. And that I think for me, that also contributes to that anxiety. It's sad, but then we've created walls around us, which sometimes prevents us from Absolutely. having friendships as adults because we just don't want that anymore. And it's just so much easier because there's always, we can always hide behind the excuse of, oh, I'm too busy or I don't need new friends or, you know, it's Great. so I do agree with you when you say there's a lot of work that you have to do on your own self. And that contributes to that anxiety of making new friends. Yeah. And also, it sometimes can be the opposite or the other end of the spectrum of um, not wanting to be burned, but not wanting people to see you for who you truly are. You're afraid um, that they might not like that because of your own self-image. 
But this is where I think it's important that um, we need to understand that other people's judgments, they don't define us. One really good quote I heard recently is, if you listen carefully to the judgments cast by others, you can hear secret confessions in every one of them. And we learn this from therapy often. How people treat you is the projection of how they feel about themselves or mm -hmm. conversely, how you feel about yourself. So in a sense, being kind and compassionate with ourselves, listening to ourselves instead, making sure that we're good mm -hmm. allows us to project that back into the world. Mm -hmm. um, easy to say but not as easy to do yeah definitely definitely and I, it sounds like a lot of expectations expectations for ourselves expectation we we get from others again going back to like making friends uh, younger it almost feels like when we're young when when we were children there were no expectations so it also ultimately meant that there was um perhaps a more common ground to make friends whereas now Absolutely. there's just we there are so many expectations we're so we're pressured so i think all of that does contribute when we're kids we society hasn't yet told us who we are and we don't have all of that baggage in the back of our minds of all of those thought processes that come with that am i good enough um i'm a good person or i'm a bad person and really our self-talk that starts to develop after childhood. And so this is also really important is, I guess, anxiety around friendship in a sense. We could say that you have to learn to be friends with yourself before you can be friends with others. But what does that mean? Does that mean that if you don't know who you are, you can't, you can't make friends? That's a good question. I personally believe that we all deep down inside, we know who we are. It's just that it might be a bit clouded by, like I said before, as what society has told us to be or our parents or our teachers um, and all the experiences that make us who we are, that has impacted how we see ourselves too. And generally, who we truly are is masked by these thoughts. And if we go according to the belief that we are not our thoughts, we are the person that observes our thoughts, then we'll see that the, our true self is there. It's the person seeing these thoughts and thinking, oh, that's pretty mean, or that hurts my feelings, or I feel shitty. And often I don't think we have enough time to slow down and realize that that tiny little difference. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, now that I think about it, yeah. deep inside, we do know who we are but then our life experience baggage really that we're carrying around it's and this brings us a bit full circle in our friendship I think is that this is why we were brought together was to kind of kickstart this process for ourselves where we start to discover that our authentic self is inside there and that with all of these life experiences we've learned or been become to believe that this is who I am because the world has told me well this is who you are and this is who I've in a sense acted mm -hmm. being because that's what the situation required maybe at the time mm -hmm. and so maybe serendipitous in that 
God, for the universe, brought us together. And it kind of kick-started this, this thinking between us. And we each found a safe place in each other where we could be our authentic selves. And we truly felt there was no judgment. We found this kinship, in a sense. And we've spoken before about how uh, the term best friend uh, <laughs> that could be a whole podcast on its own. Um, we're not so keen on using that term, but I think for me, the best way to describe our friendship is you're another form of a soulmate because you were sent to my life and I feel um, to help me grow and become better and to see parts of myself that I didn't see before. And I truly feel like I did the same for you in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. This is based on conversations, of course, we've had, but... But it's you true, know. you know, it's true. But the thing is, like, again, as I mentioned, it didn't just happen overnight, our friendship. It yeah. took time. And... Like you, you said, 10 years. <laughs> exactly. But I feel like also, like, adult friendships, they take so much time to build, but ultimately also makes it harder to break. The next question, which is, when do you go beyond what do you do? And for me, I think it's really that knowing who you were in a professional way made me comfortable getting to know you in a more personal level. Uh -huh. That's interesting. For me, I would say it would be uh, getting to know someone in a personal capacity. If I vibe with you or the situation allows for it, it's kind of that for me. It's where I go beyond what do you do? It's I I like to feed off other people's energy generally. So I feel out the room because I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea. So I kind of let people come to me. <laughs> but that we can't please said, everyone. So <laughs> yeah. that being said, I can't help my Labrador style personality sometimes. So I do come on a bit strong um, when you first meet me, perhaps. Like we said before, if if that doesn't speak to someone, then I know I don't go beyond what do you do. All right. Which, Which, by the way, is a question I hate. <laughs> well, for me, it's the opposite. I feel like I go beyond what you do with everyone that I meet. Um, because I almost feel like I have to, I feel like, uh, unless this person gives off like a really creepy vibe and, you know, when you <laughs> but I feel like yeah, sure. you have to go beyond that. You have to go beyond that. I have to go beyond that every time. And then after I filter or mm -hmm. sometimes it happens naturally, you know, you're crazy because I think that is something that you've taught me is to be a little bit more open. <laughs> to other people and where maybe I've taught you to maybe put your foot down a little bit more because you I will always say it is you're just too nice to everyone and um you don't have to be <laughs> even yeah. though I know that it's it is also just who you are it's there are times though that you do need to tell people to just stay in their lane yeah yeah yeah, but it's just I feel like if we stay with that with with the basic small talk, we it's almost like you you stay in that stage where you don't really where you can't see where it 
can't work out. So for me, I feel like I have to go beyond the basic small talk with everyone that I meet because I just don't want to... I just don't want to be stuck in that first impression stage. I want to go beyond mm -hmm. that and then see. Do you if... think that's maybe the sag in you, though, wanting to leave an impression? You think? Maybe. I definitely see it with G, your fellow sag. <laughs> she, she just adores it. She adores to be with people. She adores to uh, chat and be a bon vivant, like they say in French. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps it's the Sagittarius in me, but I guess naturally things, I think naturally friendships have ended also along the way, which is good, you know, and then yeah. other times I've had also to, to, to end friendships. Friendship breakups do exist. It's, <laughs> they do, and they're, they it's are a thing. sad, and you have to grieve them and go through all the anguish and the whys and the what ifs and the Oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. going back to the going past the small talk, I do have to admit, though, what do you do is probably, for me, one of the worst questions when it comes to small talk because for me personally, I don't care what you do for a living. Oh, it's interesting. It's not that I don't care about the person and if that's what's interesting to them, fantastic. But me i want to know the things that make people come alive what do they love what what are their passions what do they enjoy eating what was like the most exciting thing that happened in their lives it's i guess it's to share moments and stories and yeah but don't you feel like those questions are more than basic talk when you start talking about like passion and like you're going beyond the i guess I guess you, you, for some people, they would, would see it that way. And I guess this is why I'm in a quiet taste. <laughs> <laughs> because for me, I, I don't see those as personal questions. Um, uh, I see that just as getting to know you as a human being. Um, and for me, it's more important than what you do because so often we meet people and what they do doesn't represent who they are. True. And I don't really care what you do unless I'm there for a business meeting. I want to know who you are. But that's also why I feel like I have to go beyond the what do you do question. Because that's true. Okay, let's say you've taken that step uh, beyond the what do you do and there is a friendship. And it how does a healthy adult friendship look like? So for me, um, one simple line can summarize that. You need to be okay with being left on red till I'm ready to reply to you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And my my whole um, list of friends that I can count on one hand all know this and accept this and still love me regardless of, of this because I believe a healthy adult friendship gives... We give each other space and we respect each other as human beings and understand that we're all going through stuff and we're only supposed to be offering our friends a safe space, not adding to their burden of like, oh no, I need to reply to them because then they're going to think I don't care for them. And then this kind of leads into some, I don't want to use the word toxic because it dilutes the word a bit, but some friendship traits that aren't healthy 
is expecting your friends to be constantly available for you is not a healthy view on friendship, I don't think. And it can be hard because society forces us to believe that if someone cares for you, they'll make the time, they'll make the effort. But I find this extremely damaging, especially as someone that suffers with uh, chronic illness. It's some days I have 20%, uh, some days I have 90%, and some days I don't even have 2%. So my friends, I would expect, I would offer this also to my friends is, Offering them the kindness and the gentleness to just be at peace and not expect anything of them. For me, that's what I feel is healthy in adult friendships. I know there is the opposite argument to that, but yeah. Well, I agree with everything that you said, um, Laurie. But what do you think about setting down rules when you start a friendship because I feel almost like for us this came naturally like giving each other space and then I understood completely when actually I remember I would be I, I would say like oh I'm so sorry I'm just replying to you now and then you came back to me saying oh that's okay like I completely understand and so for me in my mind I was like okay like Lori is cool with this she understands just the way she knows that I understand as well. And so I feel almost yeah, friendships, you also have to set down rules because yeah. this happened to me recently where I boundaries, boundaries. exactly boundaries where um, I, like you said, like people, I don't expect them to answer to me immediately. And I don't also answer all the time. Like it'll depend on my mood and, um, and the day. But the other day, someone answered to me, and I don't know why I started thinking like, oh, like, I haven't replied to her right away. What is she going to think? Like, this is a new friendship. And so because I thought of that, I said to myself, and because we were obviously preparing for this podcast, it got me thinking about, should we set boundaries from the get-go? I think... A good standard one that covers everything is expect nothing. Um, uh, your friendship isn't about what you can get out of it, I suppose, which we were taught from a young age. But there was something I wanted to add uh, to what you had said before was that um, that worrying, um, what is she going to think because I haven't replied? And it's, it's that, it's having to train yourself how to kind of be like, uh, we don't do that. Not even in our minds. We don't do that here. It's if she does happen to think something that's her problem, not yours. Like kind of thing, you know. In my relationship with my husband, and this is one of the lessons I learned, was that if I don't ask for something, if I don't say some, if I don't tell him what I want, like how is he supposed to know what I want? And I feel this almost applies also to friendships, where. Yeah. I think maybe there comes a time when I start worrying like what the other person thinks or if that thought crosses my mind, maybe it's just better to just for me to be clear and say, hey, you know, I might not reply to your like to your message right away. But it's not that I don't care. It's just that there are a million of things like I've read. I read your message and in my mind, I replied to your message. I just 
didn't. Yeah, it's about getting to a phase, I think, in your friendship where that is unsaid. It, it goes without saying. And so I guess maybe it's, it's not about only personal boundaries and friendships, but a global set of guidelines that should be something like no expectations, um, um, communicating your needs like an adult, because it's like you say, if you don't tell me, I don't know. And we end up creating just as much anxiety running around, uh, chasing our own tails, wondering where sometimes we could just make our lives a little bit easier, maybe by saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to just ask. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I'm just going to say, and I think with, with you and I, we had that comfort where we could be straight up with each other. And it was a kind of, well, you, if you're judging me, I don't care. And I think <laughs> you're that still going to be my friend. Yeah, but I think perhaps in the beginning of our friendship, because I, I remember telling you once that, and then I've never said it, I, I've never apologized again. Like I said it once, I was like, I'm sorry, Laurie, I just replied, it's been a few days. And I think for me, that might have been, if you had, if you had replied to me like, oh yeah, I was expecting a message or I was wondering what was wrong. I think that would have been a deal breaker for me. Um, That would have been the point where like, oh, okay, wait. Like as much as I love Lori, she's asking perhaps too much from me. And I think that's when I would have, because I'm a runner. So that's when I would have detached maybe perhaps myself. But then the fact that you came back to me and you said, no, I completely understand. Like this happens to me all the time as well, et cetera. It's, you know, I understand. Half of the course afterwards like I didn't because you know sometimes you can feel when people say one thing but they don't really mean it and the actions don't follow the words but in this case like you didn't make me feel bad about it or I didn't get any comments from you after so it's like okay this is this is it like she gets where I'm coming from where I stand absolutely because I've been in that on the other side of that so many times it's uh and it's it's just not a nice feeling and I I know it might be nasty to say and it might be taken badly by some people who might do this currently, but I don't mean it in a nasty way. But the person that responds to you in that type of way, I think they need to go back and look at themselves a little bit and their needs. Because personally for me, they're a reproach like that I find to be emotionally manipulative it's oh well I was expecting a response and so it's like they're laying it on thick and they want you to feel bad for not replying and we don't do that friendship isn't about making each other feel bad it's if you feel crappy that your friend hasn't replied to you like yeah I get it it's cool but it did upset me a little bit but not this roundabout, indirect, passive-aggressive nonsense. It's, it's childish, mm. <laughs> in a sense. But, but at the same time, it's not fair to say that because I, I've been participating in that childish behavior for many years. And mm. it's just that I've become aware of it now. So I guess it's, it goes back to patience and empathy and compassion for each other. This goes without saying, but of course, if a friend sends me a message and needs my help, and it also depends what the message is, I guess, 
you know, yeah. because that there are probably some people listening to our podcast today and saying like, well, what kind of friendship is this that you don't, you can't rely on one another when you need them the most? I mean, that goes without saying that, you know, if, if you're sending me a message and you need my help right now, of course I would be there. You know, I yeah, mean, we're not talking about those situations, of course. We're talking about the everyday, mundane, boring parts of friendship, um, but are probably the most important. Mm. Uh, I totally agree with that. I know for a fact that I can phone you like, hey, Elodie, I need your help right now. And no matter what you're going through, you've proven to always be there for me. And I also know that we can have plans and... I'm not feeling well and I don't have that extra guilt of, oh my word, she's going to hate me because I'm going to cancel again. It's, mm -hmm. I guess you have that compassion and empathy for me where it's like, I understand and it's okay. Mm -hmm. This I don't take this personally. And I think for me, that's the biggest fear is like in the friendships and the anxiety I have is people taking my behavior personally when It's like I said before, nothing is ever personal, not even against us, because we all project our own feelings. And so for me, as long as we do no harm, that's also important. So no expectations, no harm, and yeah. good communication. But you see, we're talking about expectations. And I, I mentioned expectations for like childhood friendship. What does it mean? I mean, I mentioned earlier that Childhood friendships are easier because there are no expectations. And here again, we're talking about having no expectations, talking about adult friendships. So is that the secret to it all? Having no expectations in our friendships and just going with the wow. flow? All right, going back to like healthy adult friendships. Yes, I think as much as there's this, you know, this je ne sais quoi feeling about friendships I think also like you can't be friends with everyone no and... you can't and uh we don't appeal to everyone and not everyone appeals to us and so I, yeah so I think like a healthy adult friendship is more like when there are no questions it's just you just enjoy your time with the person you you just enjoy being with them and then there's no you know no overthinking of things yeah. no mm -hmm. Friendship is supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be a refuge. It's supposed to be something for enjoyment, a, a place to let loose. So the last question for today is when and how friendship end? And for me, so... Are you looking for the cheat codes not to lose me in your life? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, we're all we're so different. We're, we're just, we're all so different. We have our own baggage. We have our own ex like past experiences, etc. And we're, yeah, we're just so, so different from one another. But the thing is, I think that ultimately we do share that one, there is that, that core that we share. Um, and I think it boils down to respect. Mm. It's because bad. but but not just respect for one another it's also respect for life respect for space respect for time and for me I know that I've had some friendship breakups and because we didn't share that thing we didn't share that value or that principle of respect and for me it's very different um mm. it's it's a deal breaker and 
and I've said this uh, about you and I've said it to you as well, is that what I, what I love about our friendship is that I love, well, first of all, you're very insightful. So it's always very interesting to talk to you. <laughs> and, but the thing is, we sometimes do not have the same opinion, but we respect each other so much that we're able to say, you know, I understand what you're saying, but. And That's so true. I, I actually forgot about that. It's, we really have conversations and it's not debates. And I think that really comes down to, like you say, one, respect. And two, I I truly believe that when we disagree with people and it becomes emotional and heated, that it's just our ego is fighting. So can you truly be friends with someone when your ego is activated? No. I don't think so. Now, like for me, I really do appreciate that when I say something and sometimes it doesn't even feel like I've thought them through so when I say it it's not always clear and you always try to decipher what I'm trying to say but then I never get that judgment of no you're wrong like it's so wrong I think maybe it's also depends on your personal life philosophy is this though I think I got from the husband I'll give him a bonus point for that why yes. this month yes <laughs> is um he taught me um that your opinion is your opinion and that's that uh often people feel that if your opinion is different to theirs it's now their job to change your mind oh. and oh, no. yeah you and i both are <laughs> i can react really badly to this because there is a part of me that is triggered and doesn't appreciate that and like you say I can maybe see it as it's a bit disrespectful it's like yeah my opinion not might not be correct but there are different ways to argue your points of view and also the fact that your your first point is to maybe want to argue that instead of understand mm -hmm. um uh, and it becomes a thing of right or wrong that means there is no room for conversation or to be yourself around this person because there will always be their personal bias and we all have personal bias. But I guess it's to what limit we're willing to deal with it. I I know at this point in my life, uh, highly judgmental people uh, <laughs> have no space in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's it's that we have to set our personal boundaries and I believe that when we set our boundaries, we then are teaching people how to respect us. Mm, yeah. And like you said, like, it's not your job to change someone's opinion. I don't want, like, I have my opinion. If you want to hear it, then that's great. If we, if you have a different opinion, then I would love to hear what your opinion is, but please don't change mine. If I want to, mm. like you can tell me why you think that way. And then if it clicks, if something clicks within me, if if there's any change, it's going to come from me. Like it's not your job as my friend to change yeah. my opinion. Yeah. If you yeah. share your opinion with me in a way that perhaps makes me think, oh, you've got a point there. And then I go and do my own research on that. That is fantastic. I feel like, this is a really important part of friendship that helps you to grow. So it's not about, oh, I don't want someone to 
argue with my opinion. It's mm-hmm. I don't want someone dogmatic in my life making me feel judged and oppressed by being myself. Mm. That, that I have no more time for in my life. If I'd won a debate, I'd join like a debate team. <laughs> it's uh, I'm not gonna have a debate with a friend, although well, you can have like friendly. But it's Twitter if you want to have a debate. <laughs> but like, I mean, it's it's also fun sometimes, you know, to have a debate with friends. And but it's just that don't change my mind. Like, give me your opinion. I'll, I'll listen to it. It's no problem. And I'll even like re- like you said, research about it. If you know something make sense and then something clicks and and I'll be like oh, okay that's interesting like I should look it up but that yeah. should come from me nor is it my job to change your opinion exactly so and then- you can share your information and it's like seeds if if they take root they take root if they don't then hmm. it is what it is no and expectations and for me that's when it's the respect that's when a friendship ends for me. The how, like I said, I've had friendship breakups. Um, they're not fun. Well, just like any breakups, they're not fun. Um, but there's also the natural way where you just, you know, naturally don't contact one another. You don't drift apart after some time. Um, friendship didn't have a strong foundation to start with. Um I like what you were saying before it's when the the friendship is so taxing as adults we don't have as much uh free time our time and our energy is finite and I guess as we get older we let go of the things that take up too much energy and we redirect our energy to the the things that are important in our life or at least that's what we should be striving to do so that we can find you know peace and happiness but I think also it depends on what kind of friendship you have and what it also depends on the personality and the person as well I feel like I don't need to have a friendship breakup with all of my friendships that have ended I think it also depends because even towards the end there's still a lot of respect even if in my mind I'm thinking okay this is not good for me like for my mental health um but there's still a lot of respect in the sense that I know that if I don't have that talk with the person I know they won't be they won't be well whereas there are other people like I feel they would react better or it would be easier for them for just you know the natural drifting away and there are no things exactly and no words are needed and yeah and it's that's that's also so important that you point that out because each friendship is unique each person is unique and so we have to approach each relationship differently we can't come to every relationship with the same expectation of time and energy and even if you think of things as simple as people's love language the 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 new catchphrase for everything (laughs) is I know my love language is different to yours and yours to mine and the husband's are different and etc. And that plays a big part uh, into that too because what I see as me giving my time and energy or um, whatever my love language is, I see that uh, giving of myself, but the person receiving of it, their love language might be different so they don't see it the same way. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and it's also communications important, I think. Yeah, and that's true. And it's, for example, like what I see, so with my husband, our, our relationship, he's very discreet. His love language is more like uh, he'll do things, like he'll make me my cup of tea or my cup of coffee in the morning, no words needed. Um, whereas, exactly, whereas I'm more into communication, so I'll say things. Um, but for him, it's very difficult. So I know just getting, and this might shock some people, but just getting like one sweet word, like that's not, I love you. Like just, I don't know, something, just, something that would seem so basic for me. I know that it took a lot for him to say just because mm. he's so uncomfortable with that. So it's also recognizing that. I think. Yes. I just thought of the same thing. I, I was thinking it's like it's being seen you want to be seen in your friendships and your relationships and so when you have a friend that's expecting you to see them and hear them and show up for them in a specific way or on their terms I think maybe that's what what ends the friendships is there are people out there that they have their own anxious attachments and they bring this to friendships and because of this, it's the friendships may or may not end or may or may not go that well. So we have to also be careful of what we bring to the table and our own baggage and make sure that we're not bleeding on people that didn't hurt us unknowingly as well. I want to go back to what we talked about first was knowing yourself, which I think for me is really important because you have to know who you are, you have, but in, in so many aspects, because you need to know who you are, you need to know your love language, you need to know what you can bring in the friendship, you need to know mm -hmm. what makes you, uh, what you need to know what your deal breaker is, you need to know, Absolutely. what are your boundaries, what are your goals for the future, what are you going to accept in your life, and what aren't you going to allow anymore, that's why I think it's very important to know who you are, but with that said, that doesn't mean that so you see, sorry to yeah. interrupt you there, but in a sense, you have to be your own friend before you can be anyone else's friend. True. And that's why I was going to say, but if that's not the case, that also doesn't mean that you can't make friends because you don't know who you are, because that's also something you can learn while making friends. You can tell, you can tell yourself, wait, this I'm okay with, this I'm not okay with. You can learn through the process as well. Absolutely. And in the last three years, this is the process I feel you and I have both been on. And it's really, we are auditing our lives. We are cutting the dead weight. And, and it feels good. It feels empowering to finally be able to say, you know what? I say who I am. Mm. You don't get to say that anymore. You don't get to define me. Mm. I know who I am. And I know I always have known that. And you know what? I'm just going to own that a little bit more. Yeah. Adult friendship can be a very beautiful thing because you make the choice to remain friends or not. Whereas childhood friendships are pretty much like long relationships. You can think, what a pity, what a waste. We've been friends for so long. We've shared so much when we were kids. Like, I can't not be friends with this person anymore. Mm. Like, you have like extended family. Exactly. And you hold on to those years. But ultimately, that's not something that you should be holding on when you 
think about a friendship. So that's why I think that there's something very beautiful about an adult friendship because you make that choice. Because it's just uh, so easy to to let go of people when you're an adult because you have so many excuses. You know, you can hide behind so many excuses. But the moment you tell yourself that you're committed to this friendship because there is something that you can give and something you, you get in return and that there, you share something. And mm. despite being so busy, despite having so many, I mean, life is so complicated. So, but you still make that choice. Absolutely. And I think that is a very good way to sum up this last question was the friendships ending it's I think the question the more important question it's uh, it's about not how do the friendships end but how do we keep the friendships that we cherish and adore alive and making sure that we show up there as we want to show up and I think that's the important thing is that our French friends need to be able to allow us to show up as we are. I think this is the perfect moment to end today's episode. This might be the longest episode on the podcast yet, but for my part, it was a pleasure talking about adult friendship with my favorite adult friend. Thank you, Laurie, for sharing this wonderful moment with me. Thanks for having me. By the way, you can follow Laurie on her Instagram account, LittleBirdDesignsFR. So the info will be in the description box. I know that she's been working on a very exciting project. And I can't wait to hear all about her journey going forward into a slower, more intentional, creative, and functional life. I hope that you liked today's episode. And I'm so excited to get your feedback on Instagram, Facebook, and or our email address. I would just like to end this by saying that my friendship with Lori has taught me that only the low-maintenance friendships will survive. The ones who aren't worried about a rain check or immediate response. The ones who understand we all have busy lives and own battles to fight. The ones who understand that friendship is supposed to require zero social battery and are supposed to be a fun part of life. And the ones who give you space to be who you are and grow into what you want to be. Take care and always remember, la vie est belle.